Today's episode of the Theater People podcast is brought to you by TodayTix, the app for last-minute theater tickets. Download the app in Google Play or the App Store, and then use the code THEATERPEOPLE at checkout to save 20 bucks on your first purchase. That code again is THEATERPEOPLE, which of course is theater with an E-R-P-P-L. Hey, theater people, Patrick here. All right, you guys, that's three live summer series shows down and one to go. We'll have pictures and videos of last night's amazing live show with Eden Espinosa up on our website in the next few days. In the meantime, there are still a handful of tickets available for our live show with Laura Osnes, which is happening on Sunday, August 7th at Pearl Studios. You can get your tickets at our website, which is www.theaterpeople.com. That's theater with an E-R-P-P-L dot com, and click on the Summer Series tab. Okay, now to the show. Welcome to the Theater People Podcast. I'm Patrick Hines, your host. Your white dress sparks words spontaneous. You guys, I have to go ahead and just admit it. I have a full-on Broadway crush on today's guest, three-time Tony nominee Christopher Fitzgerald. He's so adorable, you guys. I know, I know, I know it's probably completely inappropriate to call a full-grown man adorable, but I can't help it. He's so adorable. I mean, of course, he's also insanely talented. If you're one of the lucky ones who's gotten to see the new musical Waitress, you know what I'm talking about. In the role of Oogie, sure, he may not appear until about 50 minutes into the first act, but when he arrives, he completely steals the show. Chris began working professionally in New York in the late 90s. One of his first big gigs in town was the somewhat controversial Terrence McNally play Corpus Christi. Actually, strike the word somewhat from that sentence. It was completely controversial, and I was so excited to get the chance to talk to him about it here. In addition to about 10,000 other credits, he of course originated the role of Bach in the 2003 smash hit Wicked. He earned his first Tony Award nomination for originating the role of Igor in Young Frankenstein. And he earned his second Tony nomination for originating the role of Og in the 2009 production of Finian's Rainbow. He earned his third Tony nomination, of course, for Waitress. He was such a delight, you guys. I'm counting the seconds until we get to talk again. Yeah. I heard myself just say that. Anyway, here's our conversation. Um, Christopher Fitzgerald, hi. hi! Thank you for having us to your dressing room uh, at Waitress. We are here. You're in it. What, what are, you, are you impressed? What I you really think? am impressed. I have to say, like in the last year, we've seen a lot of these dressing rooms. This is some real estate. Yeah. The only thing is, I share it with Nick Cordero. Oh. And do you know about that man? He's very tall. He's not only tall, he's ma- He's just like a sh- giant slab of beef. Yes. And so... I, we know him from like Bullets Over Broadway, Bullets right? Over Broadway, yeah. and he's just, he's a marvelous guy. Thankfully, we're very close, but I can't really change my clothes without an elbow in my <laughs> I was going to say, if he's really tall, yeah. and you're your size, do, yeah. you, like, do you guys have like a routine? You can say I'm small. <laughs> it's okay. If you're... He's really tall, I'm really small. <laughs> what does that create? Exactly. Dressing, like a, dressing room magic. I love it. We need to get a camera in yeah, here. We luckily, yeah, we kind of fit into each other like a puzzle. <laughs> um, I was gonna say before we started, I'm feeling okay. really self conscious because yeah. um, I was watching a thing today on Broadway.com where you were talking, where you were being called out or not called out, but being talked about how you're obsessed with hands. Yeah, and my hands are so disgusting. So Just don't look general? at that. Well, like I have a two year old and I bite my nails. They're not that bad. They're not so bad. No, no I got a so manicure bad. like a, like a day ago. They're not. They're not that. I've seen. I've seen much worse. All right. Don't look at my feet. I obsess about much worse. Feet. I don't care about. Really, it's just hands. Hands. 
That's so interesting. Are you a palm reader? No. Okay. No, just I just, it. I don't know what it is. I just have a weird thing. I, when I meet somebody, I look at their hands and it's how I process, like, who they are. It's how I so remember who they are, kind of. Like the hands are the window to the it's soul. Like, you know, yeah. It's like a dog sniffs butts. Yeah. I look at hands. <laughs> you know what's really funny? Speaking of that, I <laughs> saw you years Speaking ago of, yeah. walking your dog. And sniffing its butt. Sniffing its okay. butt. But I remember thinking, I'm going to I'm gonna talk to that guy someday. This was like way before a podcast was even like on my wow. brain. Yeah. This was probably before podcasts were even That's true. actually existed. And it was like right after Wicked and I loved, loved you and loved it. And I was like, that guy's special. I'm going to have a conversation with that guy someday. And here we are. Wow. Yeah. And you've been working from that day until right I now. barely slept. Every single day. Yeah. <laughs> and here we sit. <laughs> All right. So waitress. Your hands are disgusting. All right. Go on. <laughs> <laughs> I should stop gesticulating. Yeah. That way we'll yeah, just... Yeah, if you we'll, could just put... Like, I have special thing. gloves on for people. I was going to wear gloves. All right. <laughs> my hands are so gross. Oh, my God. Um, okay, how did... So, waitress you've been with from, like, the very beginning? Like, um, right? Yeah, I think from the beginning that actors started joining the process. Yeah. Uh, I did a, yeah, very, very initial reading in a, an apartment. Yeah. I wanted to ask you about that because you were... I, I sort of heard you talking about, like... That initial sort of like go through of the show was mm-hmm. Sarah Bareilles was like at a piano playing sure. the music, yep. and you guys were kind of like reading the screenplay. Yeah, and you had just seen the movie. I got the sense that you had only seen the movie because they had asked you to. Yeah, I I think I had heard of the movie, and I don't know, maybe I'd seen. I I don't I don't think I had seen. It. I didn't, wasn't familiar that much with it. And then Barry Weissler handed me the DVD and was like, "You should check this out. Yeah, see if it's interesting to you." How was it? hearing all of that together for the first time like were you like oh yeah this is a thing that's going to be amazing yeah i you know i i do a lot of readings but rarely have i felt kind of that uh i was just so excited and so moved and so enamored with sarah's work and i just felt like the story was really interesting and kind of different and i just was like hooked from that moment and and Rarely say this, but I was like, oh, I really just want to keep being a part of this. I really... Yeah, know, so then... Usually I'm kind like, of like, usually just go with the flow. But mm-hmm. this one was like, I gotta, I'm going to work hard to make sure that this is something that I continue with. And how, how, do you, how, does, how do you accomplish that? Just by, like, working hard on the piece or... I think just, like, you know, telling people how you feel about it. Yeah. And making sure that uh, the powers that are putting it together, um, that I just said, I really think this piece is... Special, and I feel like I, what I can do with what you've already crafted is something that I feel like I can help um, continue to evolve and, and grow. And how, like, how much more growing did it do before it came to Broadway? I mean, like, did, were there like readings that became productions that became an out of town? Well, they, yeah, they, we did a couple. I did, I think I did um, maybe two more full readings, like week long kind of. Uh, week uh, reading that kind of presentations, uh, and each time there was uh, you know the first couple times there was no real book writer, and then Jesse Nelson came on board mm-hmm. and it was always shifting. Sarah was constantly you know trying new songs, cutting things, shaping things, so it was always evolving. But the kind of character that I play um, had a few has a few things that have just remained and uh-huh. things that kind of worked from. That very first reading to now, yeah, um, and and it also it's what works in the film that I right. basically just kind of try to steal, um, you know, as much of that spirit as I could. Yeah, one of the things that's, that's that's interesting about your character is that it comes your character comes in like very late in the first act, yeah. and how, 
I remember, like, the show... I remember when Mike and I came to see the show, it was like, are we going to even be able to get tickets? Like, you know, and then you, you see the show, and the show is, like, very emotional and it's beautiful and it's you know it's one of those shows you like lean forward in your seat and pay attention to and then you came on the stage and I just remember like grabbing Mike's arm and like the smile that came over my face was like there's like a whole new energy in the room now I will never let you let me leave I promise I'm not lying go ahead ask anybody who has seen me trying I'm not going Seems like I did, I'm probably waiting outside. Such a stubborn man, you'll likely never meet another. When we have our family dinner, you can ask my mother. She's the best. You'll learn more about her on our family history test. I'm gonna do How how was it to like have you ever done that before where your characters come in late and sort of change the energy? No, and in fact it was something I was really concerned about as we were working on it and putting it together. I was I'd convinced myself that you can't introduce a character that late and have people really buy it or, yeah. or believe it. And so we, you know, through discussions with uh, Diane and with uh, Jesse and we just kind of, and, and even Sarah just kind of started to kind of see if there were some opportunities maybe. I was like, maybe he could be in the diner. Maybe it's like a kind of she loves me thing where he and Don, like, she kind of waits on him every day, but then suddenly it's like, sorry, suddenly they kind of end up they don't realize it, but they're kind of... I was, like, trying to pitch all these ideas. And yeah. uh, Diane was pretty clear. She was like, I think it works. The way you do it and the way it's been landing in the readings, it works. You just have to try. And I had, you know, I had some friends come and my... Uh, 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 and all of whom were... Some were on kind of... Saw where I was coming from. Some were like, I think it's great. It was just a really interesting process of how it... And I, I really didn't understand... It's the nature of how it would work until we started performing for people. Hey, theater people, Patrick here. Guess what I'm going to do? That's right. I'm going to spend the next 60 seconds telling you about my favorite ticketing app, TodayTix. Okay, let me get the business stuff out of the way. I command you, download the app from Google Play or the App Store. You guys, seriously, you're not going to find a cheaper, simpler, more convenient way to find last-minute tickets to the theater. And I swear, they didn't ask me to say that. That's just my experience with using the app. And speaking of using the app, when you check out, use the discount code THEATERPEOPLE to save 20 bucks on your first purchase. That code again is THEATERPEOPLE, which of course is theater with an E-R-P-P-L. And you can use that code in any city where Today Ticks operates. The most important thing I'm going to say during this entire ad is this. You have my permission to email, Facebook, tweet, or even text or call me if you have my phone number for suggestions for shows to see. There is no reason you should have to make that decision on your own. And I promise you, unless I'm sleeping, which is almost never because I have a two-year-old, I'll get right back to you with some thoughtful suggestions. So don't be shy. Download the Today Ticks app. Ask me what to see, and then use the code at checkout to save 20 bucks. That code again is Theater People, which is theater with an E-R-P-P-L. Also, it makes us look really good when you use it. Okay, now back to the show. 
I wanted to ask about, oh, your process. I read this really interesting thing where you said that you love to, like, really work, like, really work, where you like to have each, like, moment and, like, movement, like, thought out and, like, really thoroughly prepared, you know? And I was wondering how you marry that with, like, still giving yourself room to, like, play. Yeah, it's, I I don't know. That's, like, the magic that we're all trying to, I think, find, which, like, that weird, I find, I become obsessed with, the minutia and the detail work of it all, especially with this one where it was like this number. And, you know, I'd done it in readings as just you stand at a music stand and you sing it. And mm-hmm. it had really played well in those. But uh, it was like then suddenly like how are we going to physicalize it? And so then it was like, oh, my God, what? It was just a million different ideas that were percolating and none of which I knew would work or thought would work or my guts, you know, took me in a varying different directions and I don't know it's an it's I think it's I just get super obsessed and and on this one I just was like I kept working it and just like this if there was a moment that didn't feel right or true um I was like we gotta re-examine it or I gotta you gotta let me put myself in a position where I can just play and and be nutty yeah it's like it's a really it's a it's a weird it's like you almost have to be very disciplined about the time you have to be free. Right. Like two things are happening. And so some things that happened were just legitimate discoveries of me just trying to make my castmates laugh. Uh-huh. The opera section was just oh, like, yeah. I just like, just literally just popped out of nowhere. Like, and it just, I, they all kind of lined up and they were doing this kind of dance and it just tickled me the way that Lauren had kind of staged them. And so then I just kind of, started doing that and it just was like oh well that's right that seems right and then Jesse Nelson was like well I can put a line in that he's loves Pavarotti we can put that in early and then that kind of pays off there and and then it all just kind of dovetails I mean that is so incredible yeah I was gonna I wanted to ask you about this creative team because there's been a lot made of it being the first all-female creative team for which is so incredibly amazing you know Mm -hmm. um but I kind of wanted to ask you about them each individually yeah um because Diane Paulus so I I saw her the night that we came here and I saw her the night that we saw Finding Neverland and both nights you know, like just being a theater nerd and fan, she's the kind of woman you just want to grab and be like, oh my God, you're Diane Paulus. Tell me everything about Pippin. But like, she seems very intense, you know? And But I don't know if that's true or not. And I was reading, you were saying how like she is one, she's a very much like the best idea wins and she encourages you to like bring stuff to the table. Yeah. Can you talk about collaborating with her in that way? She is intense, but she, uh, but with me, our particular relationship, like, She's also really warm and very sweet. We have like a really sweet kind of discourse. And she is intense, but she loves, loves ideas. So as an actor, like I just know when I'm working with her and as I worked with her over the course of the readings and got to know her more, I was like, she just wants ideas. And that's a, and that's a real gift. I mean, and I think some actors freak out in those moments some actors thrive in those moments you know all directors have different tastes and way they work some people come in give you something very specific to do like a like someone like Susan Stroman Mm -hmm. uh, also is gives you obviously freedom to but when she comes in with a number she's like here's the number yeah and it's great and and that structure is also really wonderful to be able to kind of explore with inside but I would say this was 
really interesting because it was like she was like what what I, I don't know the answer you don't know the answer so let's let's just keep fishing wow. and see if we can figure it out that comes with some pain you know that comes with like failing a bunch uh-huh. or or not you know uh, like trying you know doing the number and just having it kind of be flat or uh-huh. not, or having a section that it just can't crack and you just have to keep at it and keep at it and so in some ways that that's the difference it was like it was not necessarily like on the first day we just had this great number right, totally. you know but what we had was her faith in me and my faith in the fact that she was going to allow that to happen and that I could try any idea and she would listen to it and help edit it or take it or let me try it for a week or cut it or whatever yeah so it's like that yeah it's cool I mean along along those lines working with a, a songwriter like Sarah Bareilles who is mm-hmm. like a pop star yep. who's like so successfully written this music for musical theater how how was it to like be in a room with her were you a fan of hers were you intimidated by her at all or how was it to collaborate oh, with her I was not intimidated by <laughs> Sarah Bareilles um, I was a little intimidated no she's uh, she's marvelous uh, uh What's what I think is interesting about her is that she's like younger than me. Uh-huh. So you know, I keep thinking, and I'm still like 21 years old, oh, but I I'm actually thing, yeah. not. Um, and I just think it's interesting that she came from the pop world at the height of her popness. Right. You know, she's like not somebody who is kind of shifting gears right. at a at a later stage of like I've kind of had this whole life, and and now I'm going to kind of parlay it. No, it's like she's probably going to do another pop out. I mean, right. I don't know, but it was like she wanted to write for the theater right now. Uh-huh. In her 30s. And that I uh, you don't see a lot. Mm-hmm. And I just think that it gave her score a kind of it just really felt like someone who's her age, it feels like a score that someone in her age and experience would write. Yeah. Um and uh she's just really funny, um really self-deprecating. And just really smart and really, like, uh, um, and very, takes it very seriously while being just, like, a a ball. Yeah. So, again, another person who I could take an idea to and we would just sit and gab about it. And it was really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask about Jesse Nelson because I I, I know that you have said that she has written a lot for movies. And so Mm -hmm. she's really good at writing moments. Mm -hmm. How is it different from – you've done a lot of original material. How was the material that you got from her different from other material that you've worked on? Well, I think it's also the character. And, like, I was trying to kind of craft a lot of smaller moments that kind of led to a kind of arc of a thing. Um, And, again, she was just all – I mean, all ears had brought fun ideas and – you know, or would bring like three ideas, and I would be like, "Oh, I don't know if those are, any of those are good." And then she would be like, "Oh, well, I have this other one," and it's like, <laughs> "That's the one." Or I would give her three ideas, and she would be like, "Ooh, well, how about that?" You know, it was like it was constantly that, and and we actually tickled each other in that way. Like it was really we had a ball together, like just coming up with stupid things <laughs> to try. And like, there's a even scene in, in Act Two where I was like. It went from it went from me and Don like showing our first kind of sexual experience mm-hmm. while we're dressed in revolutionary garb, yes. <laughs> and then it went right to our wedding. And I was like, I feel like we're missing the kind of evolution of their. You know, obviously it, it's it's the side story. We're not going to like spend a lot of time there, but I just feel like there's there's an opportunity we're missing for some humor and for 
to just show another step before that, mm-hmm. before the marriage that shows. And so we just kind of riffed and found this scene where I just kind of appear in the kitchen and then I do a poem. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, and it actually, you know, and so I was pitching that, but then she came with the idea of the poem and then was like, maybe you could come, maybe you could show up there. Like, it was like all of that. It was like, it was a really creative, collaborative. So interesting. uh, Kind of experience, which was really fun. Um, Last question before we move on to other shows. Did you, and maybe this is a dumb question, but did you have a sense that this role came along with a Tony Award nomination? Uh, no. No? No. The only thing that Diane said uh, when I was having this meeting with her where I was, you know, saying like, oh, I don't know, and I was hemming and hawing, and she was like, this is a really good role for you. It's a great fit, and I, I... Like, maybe you wouldn't take the job? No, not necessarily. It was just like, just like kind of working it out. Ah, gotcha. No, not, not, not that, but just more just kind of working it out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she was just like, got very serious with me and was like, this is a very... Um, wonderful role for you it's going to be like a really special thing that's going to happen on Broadway I promise you and I was like okay we'll see <laughs> and uh, wow. I mean I actually feel like I took her aside like right around the Tonys and I was like okay you were right <laughs> After you've been the, right about a lot of things but this one you were really right so. when we were done when we saw it I immediately called my friend Lisa Goldberg I was like we have to have Chris Fitzgerald we need to she's like let's just wait till he gets his Tony nomination for this and then and we'll go from there I was like okay great um, well, congratulations on your Tony nomination. Thanks. Like, yeah. Was that a, was that a wonderful experience to get to do that yeah. for the third time? Yeah, it was really, really cool. Really, yeah. really uh, exciting, and and um, just a real sweet extra gravy on the whole experience. Yeah. Um, can we go way back to the beginning? Let's do it. I want to ask you about Corpus Christi. Okay. So it was your first, not maybe your first, but very, very close to your first like big thing in New York City, right? Yeah. Yeah. I had done uh, a play at the Public. That yes. was like my first official thing in in New York but but yeah that was a that was like you know first couple of plays I did yeah and so it's for people who don't don't know it's the Terrence McNally play about it's like Jesus and the Apostles and it takes place in like modern day Texas Corpus Christi Texas right but like it was there was so much controversy I mean I remember I was in college when that play happened and I remember it was happening and then it was not happening and then there was death threats and then and then it was happening again. How was it to be a part of that like super controversial thing for your like first big time out? It was crazy. It was a crazy time. It was a really interesting thing to have a play have that kind of cultural impact uh, yeah. that people were really offended and really hurt by what they perceived as uh, of what was going to be like Jesus, you know, uh, having a relationship with his apostles and this big gay fantasia and like whatever people thought it was having never, no one had read the script by mm-hmm. the way. So this was all just like hearsay and people's concerns. And it was really weird. And it seems that too like people, people were, were also offended by the idea that it wouldn't be done, that MTC was going to cancel it. People yeah, were I don't know that. that as much about that whole side of it. I just know more about like what, what we went through where we and then it was just a bunch of just goober guys who I'm, I'm close with most of them still and Jeremy like some Shumos, of them, of course, right? some yeah. of my really dear friends were were, uh, were in that or I met them in that and so we all kind of bonded together to put this thing over but you know, we were all just like what is this and, and the play itself was very kind of very sweet very kind of not wasn't really controversial at all right I mean if you were to do it today 
no one would even blink an eye. <laughs> right. Because the character's name wasn't Jesus. It wasn't it was like... Joshua. And yeah. even even with the metaphor and the kind of using the, the flavors of that story, just still, people would just be like, you know, it's not... It just wouldn't... It's just amazing to have something at that particular time have that kind of impact. And, yeah. And to see kind of... To live through that evolution of kind of how our culture kind of... Uh, evolves. It's really. It was so. People were so crazy. I remember. I mean, yeah, death threats, bomb dogs. We had to have two guards watch the audience, watch the show. And know? that was way before, like how it. You know, it takes two hours to get into a theater now. You yeah. know, like that's was way before. No, it was like ninety eight. Like, you had to go through the bag scanner and the yeah. metal detector, and there were people outside every night picketing. We had. Um, yeah, it was really, really wild. And all for this play that we felt like was this kind of sweet, very simple story. That, yeah. You know, I think people just thought it was like going to just be like naked apostles all having sex. <laughs> and like screaming, you know, Jesus is you know. Um, we, of course, have to talk about Wicked. Okay. Um, we'll go fast, I promise. Due to her, I'm made of tin. Her spell may disoccur. So for once, I'm glad I'm heartless. I'll be heartless killing her. And the lion also has a grievance to repay. If she let him fight his own battles when he was young, he wouldn't be a coward today. How did you get that job? Uh, that was from Joe Mantello. I was going to say, because Joe from Mantello directed Corpus, Corpus Christi. Christi. And so we were pals, and he had this part and was like, do you, you know, want to do it? My only problem was I was getting married the day before the first rehearsal. Oh, wow. And I was like, oh, I have this honeymoon planned. And uh, and he knew my wife, and he was like, okay, you guys can take your honeymoon. So I, he gave us like a, I gave, I got like a week and a half off Are right on the first day of rehearsal. It was amazing. <laughs> huge, like, huge. Wow friend thing to do um yeah and it, you know another one of those like i remember i think i went to the first day of rehearsal and then we left for like a week and a half but, did you know, you know what it what it was gonna be like did you have a no, sense but when i sat and listened to the full table read with Kristen and adina singing the songs and kind of hearing the story i was like this is this is pretty special and then that first preview or the first dress rehearsal boom 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 and the kind of wall of sound and energy coming yes. from like adolescent people, <laughs> yeah. just like, <laughs> and, uh, and it literally has never stopped. I know. Ten years, it's been like that every single time they hit those chords at the beginning. It's crazy. How did you know it was time to leave? Like, how do you make that decision when you're in a huge hit like that? I don't remember. I think I had maybe something else that I had done. I'd done a year of it, and. Uh, and then something else came up, and it was just time to go. Wow. Yeah. Um, okay, I'm getting the eyes. I know we have just a few minutes. Can we talk about Young Frankenstein? Yes. I loved Young Frankenstein so much. I'm so glad. Was you're, that, like, the one funnest? Of four people. <laughs> no, a lot of people like that. I thought it was so funny. And, you know, I was thinking when I was, I was, I was thinking about this today, like, the pressure must have been on for Mel Brooks and Susan Stroman after the producers. The whole thing was just, yeah. it was just like a setup to fail from day <laughs> one. It was so crazy. Really? But it was a really great group of people and like we all tickled each other. But this kind of specter of that pressure was, it always was there. It really was. Really? And, like, and we all tried to kind of just have fun and make our show. 
but uh, it was it was a tough kind of thing to shake the expectation. Um, yeah, the pressure because it was like you and Roger Bart and Megan Mullally and Sutton Foster and uh, Andrea Martin, Martin Schuler Hensley, right? Christine, yeah, was... the stage door, oh, I gotta go. <laughs> <laughs> That's a code word. He yeah. calls me Christine when it's my it's food. Mexican food. Because other people will steal my food. <laughs> <laughs> How, what is it like to be in a rehearsal room with those people? Uh, it was crazy. Yeah. You know, Andrea is a really dear friend of mine. Has been for many years. Oh, really? And so uh, she just, uh, I can, she can do no wrong in my book. And Roger and I had a great time. Um, and we continue, we're working on something, just the two of, uh, just he and I and a couple other people are working on some, like, clown piece or like really? doing some old stuff yeah um, but it was like it was so fun to just dig into that kind of vaudevillian yes sensibility and humor and and uh, I had a I had a great time I had a I had my first child two weeks after right. we began rehearsals so I was also like just I, I, didn't, I didn't know who I was yeah so oh it was like God. this crazy pressure and that was that was really my first big job I mean that was like mm-hmm. a crazy um thing to be asked to do that it was your first tony nomination i believe correct uh yes yeah yeah you had to think about it for a second i did (laughs) i was like the finians come first what happens when you get to a point in your career where you're like which tony award came first (laughs) i can't quite remember oh you know well you're amazing thank you so much for talking to us oh it's my pleasure i have like 100 more questions but maybe we'll get you next time i let's save them and we'll do it again when you and roger do the clown thing can we come back and talk to you guys absolutely i'm dying to do that Uh, yeah and you're not gonna remember kevin chamberlain kevin chamberlain is joining us too i love that guy all right we're coming back thanks chris fitzgerald all right my hands will be in better shape next time you let's shake okay ew (laughs) (laughs) up until now it's been the worst time but now that you're here we're a team together again hey theater people patrick here just a reminder to head on over to our website to get your tickets to our final summer series show which features laura osnes the show is happening on sunday august 7th at pearl studios Our website is www.theaterpeople.com. That's theater with an E-R-P-P-L dot com. Theater People is produced by Theater Podcast Productions, which is me, Patrick Hines, and Mike Jensen. I edited this episode. Special thanks to our sponsor, TodayTix, the app for last-minute theater tickets. Use the code THEATERPEOPLE at checkout to save 20 bucks on your first purchase. That code, of course, is theater with an E-R-P-P-L. Special thanks, as always, to Steve Tipton, Bradley Behan, Eric Ensch, our fabulous webmaster, Keith Allen Herzog, our just amazing intern, Ricky Condos, Ellen Marie Marsh, and the staff at Oswald's. We'll be back in one week. Until then, tell your friends about us. Let's get the theater community talking. My dear Igor, I happen to be the dean of anatomy at a world-renowned school of medicine. Although I do sing a bit. And was, in fact, a whiffin' poof at Yale. A whiffin' poof! Wow! Ah. Come on, Doc. Nobody's around. Well, nobody is around. What the hell? Together again for the Together first time. Together again for the first time. Time to war a care. to war No a longer care. a bad and a This is the best time. time. It's easy to see. You have to agree. We're destined to be a great pair. May I say all of my life I've been bossing around. Mean and alone like a Scrooge. All of my life I've been bossing around. But what good is a boss if he ain't got a stooge? Oh, 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 oh. I'm sorry. 
Well, I don't wish to embarrass you, but I am a rather brilliant surgeon. Perhaps I could help you with that hump. What hump? Together again for the first time. Oh, we've only met in a dream. Like Ginger and Freddy, McDonald and Eddie. Like Sam, Mom and Teddy. Or meatballs and spaghetti. But the pair that we cry for, the pair that we sigh for, the pair that we die for is Frankenstein and I go. Walk this way. No, no, this way, like this. Really? Yeah, really drag your foot, your yeah. left foot. Drag my foot. Yeah. All right. You get creepy, you know. Yeah. You get creepy. Wait. Together again for the first time. Oh, we've only met in a dream. Like Gimble and Macy, like Hepburn and Tracy, uh, like Lamont and Gable, like Dodo, Kane and Abel uh, for the first time.